Today's podcast is sponsored by Doit. Reduce your cloud spend by improving your cloud efficiency with Doit, an award-winning strategic partner of Google Cloud and AWS. Find out more at doit.com. That's D-O-I-T dot com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kubernetes Unpacks podcast. My name is Michael Levan. My name is Kristina Devochko. And today we have Whitney Leon. She's a developer advocate at VMware, and we're going to be talking about all things ingress, which is arguably a topic that we could be here for about six months or so, but that would be an incredibly long recording, and we only have about 30 minutes. So, Whitney, how are you? I'm so fabulous. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love your background too. I wish, uh, sometimes I wish that we recorded video for this because everybody's background always looks so cool. (laughs) <laughs> so what's behind me now is I host a show on via um, on Tanzu.tv called Enlightening. And it, um, so I have a light board behind me. And, and you can also see the monitor of what's written on the light board. Awesome. So, I have one of yeah. those right over that way. Wait, that way over there. You can't see it, but I have okay. uh, the e-glass over there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Super cool. And all the RGB lights, I'm a big fan of not having it just black and white and gray. Yeah. It's it's a pleasure to my eyes as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And you have glowy cat ears on your headphones. We're all super yeah. cool. You're just going to have to take our word for it, listeners. But, yeah. so, is- <laughs> we have an awesome setup here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Kubernetes unpacked live stream one day. But anywho. Yeah. yeah. So ingress, uh, maybe for the listeners, you could break it down and, you know, again, I know this topic is super huge, but one to two sentences, quick thing on like what your take is on it. I want to flip that on you. So, Mm. so I want to talk about ingress and I, I'm excited to talk about ingress, Mm. but I'm actually coming at ingress, not from an expert standpoint, but from a beginner standpoint. So I've been learning a lot about ingress over the past um, maybe year or um, definitely in the past three or four months. I've, been, I've done a series of English shows uh, like on my particular show. And I'm basically using y'all as a vehicle to rant about how hard it is <laughs> to get learn to learn about ingress. It's to get started with ingress. Like, first of all, an ingress, there's an ingress English objects versus English controller, right? And then there's the English con- English controller. You can hear it called like English implementation. It's English provider. It's an English service. It could be called like L7 service, which uh, L7 is a band I used to really like in high school. And then, um, <laughs> which I know refers to the OSI networking model, but still like as a new learner, like people are just like, oh, and the L7. And you're just like, what the heck is an L7? And um, and then people call the ingress implementation just ingress, which confused me between the object and the in- implementation. And then people also say API gateway, which is an ingress implementation with a, maybe some extra functionality. Mm-hmm. So it's about the same thing. And now I just uh I just talked to Kuma Service Mesh, a friend from there, and they're like, oh, we're starting to add uh, where you can use their service mesh to get requests from outside of a cluster to inside of a cluster. So now we're like confusing service mesh and ingress implementations. And I'm, (laughs) so that's, that's rant number one is just like, when you say the word ingress, what do you even mean? And when, (laughs) and I still, maybe y'all can help me. I still don't know if you say networking layer, are you talking about an 
like an ingress implementation? Are you talking about a service mess implementation? Are you talking about a proxy implementation? Which one of those do you mean? When, when people say, oh, the networking layer. Yeah. I should have grabbed another yeah. cup of coffee. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, that would be started, y'all. <laughs> we may be starting an episode series here. <laughs> so, no, it, it's all it's all really great questions. And to be honest, I think this goes back to like kind of how everybody's feeling in the space right now, which is like mm-hmm. there are so many different terms and ways of saying things and and synonyms or like whatever you want to call like there's just so many different ways to explain one thing that Mm -hmm. it can become incredibly cumbersome to keep up you know yeah like for example i don't i don't like when people call like the the l7 whatever l7 this l7 that like yes we understand osi model is that the seventh layer we get it but it still Uh shouldn't be called that because like as is anything else at the application layer that, you know, so it's, so it's, it's incredibly confusing, like with just the various different terminologies. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also confusing uh, if somebody hears ingress controller and they don't understand Kubernetes controllers and operators and CRDs and the way that all of that functionality works. So, yeah, I totally agree with you 100%. You know, people coming in that, like, perhaps maybe don't have the full embedded Kubernetes background, um, it, it could be a challenge to to get up and running with it in your own mind, right? Especially because yeah. if you talk to 10 different people, you're hearing 10 different things. It's called 10 different things, whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, would, I would say that in my opinion, right, if I just look uh-huh. at it from a 50-foot view, ingress is a method of using one perhaps load balancer for multiple services. Mm. That's that's my one sentence of it. Christina, what about you? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I, I would say, first of all, that I totally agree, like in terms of it being confusing, because I was also at the beginner stage at some point. And if you even start searching as a beginner, if you start looking like apart from the documentation, which can sometimes be tough to comprehend the official documentation for Kubernetes, for instance, it Uh can be tough for some to comprehend. You start searching for additional sources and then you get all that information about ingress suddenly acting as a gateway api and then you find many resources mm-hmm. about api gateway which is not mm-hmm. always yes. a gateway api <laughs> what how to, and then the service mesh and then you have overlapping functionality that service mesh has and ingress may uh-huh. have. so what how do you connect all these dots i can totally relate and i i have also found it challenging to explain so normally like for if i'm talking to someone who is at the beginner level i don't I try to keep it simple myself for them mm-hmm. because if I, I, I can quickly derail into like going about ingress yeah. controller and all the other pieces. So I just say that typically it's ingress. I do it even simpler than you, Michael, actually. I think I just say that ingress is the way you can expose your application for public access externally outside of the cluster. And then from there we kind of start slowly looking into okay but how do you do that what are the underlying components because if i feel like at least for many beginners the kubernetes itself 
is very overwhelming with all the different components and how to break it down. We need to start simple and then and then building brick <laughs> by brick. But uh, totally, <laughs> that's just uh, one one way to look at it. Um, to give some context about me and my background, like I'm a, um, I'm a KubeCon keynote speaker. I'm a CNCF ambassador. I have like, you know, I'm a, uh, like my title is a staff title, but I wrote my first line of code in 2019. I went to a boot camp in 2019 and then I started trying to learn Kubernetes in 2020. So I'm, I'm very new to all of this, but um <laughs> I'm I'm just uh, cantankerous and maybe good at asking questions. I don't know why people keep putting on me on stages, but they do. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> I guess that means that you have that unique perspective, you know, something to challenge others with, which is very cool. <laughs> so when I was so when I was learning Kubernetes not that long ago, it's very fresh for me. I was learning like. Okay, well, first you learn maybe all the control plane objects like API server, here's a scheduler, here's the uh, controller manager. And then you maybe get into um, Kubernetes objects and especially ones that touch a running application. So you're like, here's a pod, here's a replica set, here's what a deployment is, like config map secrets, and then, uh, then services, and then ingress. And so ingress happens as a learner and you're like, okay, you know, I understand all these other things, I got this. But then like, if you have a fresh install Kubernetes and you go to make an ingress object and you apply it to your cluster, nothing happens because there's no controller, part of the controller manager binary. And as far as I know, in the English ingress object only of all the Kubernetes objects that are native to Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I hadn't been exposed to an idea of like Kubernetes extensions and cluster, like uh, custom definitions. Right. So, so then I'm like, okay, I don't have a controller. I'm gonna go to the Kubernetes documentation, look up controllers. There are 30 controllers listed in the documentation. Some of them use the word ingress. They all use these different words for ingress, that API, like, and then they're also all, not all of them, but a lot of them mention like the network proxy layer. So there's like mentions of like, more than one says Nginx, more than one says Envoy. And like, so what even is that? I have no idea. And and that's that's the kind of learning I was doing maybe three years ago. And I just like, whatever, like put it on, like it was all so overwhelming. I didn't even try to understand it. And just now that I have a lot more experience, am I trying to unpack it all? And so, um, so that's the context of where I'm coming from when I do this. Yeah. And I think that's, this is the ironic part about Kubernetes and overall platform engineering in the space that we're in in general is, you know, everybody asks me like, hey, how do you just focus on Kubernetes pretty much 100% of your time? And the answer is exactly because of what you just said. <laughs> like people, people can pay me to focus on it because they simply don't have the time. They have a million other things to do because it's yeah. incredibly in-depth. Yeah. And, you know, it's... <clears throat> I, not not to go on a rant, but I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media and stuff lately where a lot of people are talking about platform engineering and how, you know, the best way to interact with Kubernetes is to uh, not know that it's there. And, you know, in my mm -hmm. head, I'm always mm -hmm. like, let's not confuse abstraction with understanding the underlying layer. Because you always have to understand the underlying yeah. layer to a certain extent, even uh -huh. if it's not incredibly in depth you still have to understand what's happening underneath what you're building an abstraction on so to mm -hmm. your point 
you know, this stuff is incredibly overwhelming and just one mm-hmm. part of it. So, you know, it, it yeah. even, it even begs the, the second question or, or the deeper question of like, how does somebody even how do you get, get all this started? in their head? Yeah. 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 Like, how does this whole thing even kick off? Uh, and that's, you know, I think that's like the never ending question, right? It's either, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you take years to do it or you sit at home and you don't leave your office for, you know, <laughs> the next two years and work 18 hours a day. And then you'll finally understand everything. And then, oh, surprise, the next thing is out. And it changed. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the amount of releases of Kubernetes, I guess you never, you never do stop that uh, continuous learning. But I think like in terms of learning, it's interesting to hear how others approach it. I think that's mm-hmm. why sessions like when someone sits and starts looking at the problem or learning something and failing and troubleshooting and figuring out a solution is so interesting for others because they get to see this mm. way of thinking on how you learn this new concept. So I guess it could be really interesting, like since you said, Whitney, that you started doing it in 2021, learning mm-hmm. these concepts. So maybe you can share your experience with us as well and with the audience. How did you approach it? After you found out that it was so overwhelming. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Seems like you haven't left it. You haven't given up. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a a privileged um, existence in in many ways. But one of the ways is the the Lightboard show that I host is called Enlightening. And the format of the show is I invite experts to come on and teach me something. So I've been focusing on CNCF projects, which will keep me busy for a long time. And so I did a series on the three Ingress projects that are a part of the CNCF. So for each one, I had a maintainer of the project come onto my show. So it's a virtual, of course, they're like a little box in the screen and they teach and I stand behind the light board and the light board is blank. And then they teach me about something and then I draw out diagrams and take notes and like r- ask a lot of clarifying questions. And we really like talk through the subject and what it means. So th- th- through having these three guests talk about three different English projects who all take a very different approach. And I had a fourth guest who come on um, and talk to me about Gateway API. So from all of that is how I got a clear understanding of what's clearer nobody i don't know that anybody has a super clear (laughs) understanding i um in all my learning i came across a spreadsheet that compares the 30 different ingress options to one another and it's just a monstrous thing like it's super wide it doesn't all fit on the screen with all the different choices and there's so many um different functionalities you might want in an ingress implementation to consider so it's it's um it's a monster so i don't i don't believe anyone understands all of it but to have a better understanding happened because I got to hang out with with experts and ask them questions as, as until my heart's content. <laughs> so, um, but I'm happy. I've kind of uh, digested some of that, and I'm happy to share share it with y'all today awesome. and, and uh, yeah. see what you think too, especially as as experts in the space. Um, so, so I'd say the biggest light bulb thing at first, at least was uh, learning that the Kubernetes ingress object itself is not a great, like it lacks a lot of functionality needed to do ingress well. So um, so that was news to me. Like and the fact that a, a, Kuber- a native Kubernetes object could be flawed at all. <laughs> I was like, what? It's not perfect, huh? 
Surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, so just like, it doesn't have enough functionality in terms of um, rooting in term like people want to like be able to do load balance, uh, like weighted load balancing. They want to be able to like filter different requests and maybe redirect certain ones. They might want to mirror requests to two places. Like, um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. The things people want to do as vast and the things you can actually do with the native object is not vast. It's pretty limited. So that's big problem number one. Do you want to make a comment or shall I just jump, move on? Feel free. Keep it going. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> big, big problem number two is that the Kubernetes, it's just one Kubernetes object. It doesn't separate concerns between like operations folks who care about cluster, like traffic for the entire cluster and then application developers or, you know, app team people who all they want is to get, they don't, they want to understand the smallest amount they possibly can and still get traffic to their running application. So we have somebody who wants to know everything and someone who wants to know nothing, both using the same object. And that's, that's problematic. And then the third problem and the final problem is that the Kubernetes object doesn't have status information. So it's very, very hard to debug. What do you, what say ye? Do you agree with the native Kubernetes object assessment? Yeah. Yeah. Some of it, uh, yeah, or all of it. But the, I guess the first, um, at least the first two points are very spot on for why Gateway API also came to the world because uh -huh. there has been so much feedback on kind of the limited functionality and also the limited protocols being available for routing traffic and um, seeing all the advancements that came as part of the Gateway API was kind of to address all of those needs. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that totally makes sense and also we could see how kind of a gateway API does also this separation in a much better way, like you say, for uh, what the platform operators and provider mm -hmm. operators need to take care of and what the developers, the app developers need to think about, which is, I feel also is more lightweight on the app developers yeah. in case of gateway API. So I could totally, totally agree with that, with those points. Today's sponsor, Doit, can help you with your cloud challenges. Maybe you want to maximize your cloud use while controlling your costs. Perhaps the issue is balancing resource utilization while delivering agile IT. Maybe you just can't get good support from your cloud partners. Doit can help. An award-winning strategic partner of Google Cloud and AWS, Doit works with over 3,000 customers to save them time and money. Doit combines intelligent software with expert consultancy and unlimited support to deliver cloud at peak efficiency with ease. The Doit team knows multi-cloud, cloud analytics, optimization, governance, Kubernetes, AI, and more. Work with Doit to optimize your cloud investment so you can stay focused on business growth. Learn more at doit.com. That's D-O-I-T dot com. Yeah, I mean, I think even throwing uh, more uh, gas on the fire is thinking about... Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> th <laughs> thinking about the uh, the security piece. You know, so Whitney, like you, mm. you mentioned the service mesh piece. So mm -hmm. uh, a few of the different service meshes you'll see, you know, Istio, for example, will come out of the box with its own ingress controller. So then the question becomes, do you want to use Istio's ingress 
or do you want to use like nginx ingress or do you want to use whatever mm -hmm. other ingress so you have to kind of think about that in terms of functionality and in terms of um overall compatibility which the, mm -hmm. a lot of it overlaps there's really nothing that's missing a hundred percent uh, but like, you know, for example, if you're using Istio, perhaps it's better to just use that ingress controller out of the box because it's there. Uh, but, you know, from a security perspective, then you have to set up certain policies. And those policies mm -hmm. that you're setting, whether you're setting up policies in service mesh, whether you're setting up policies and network policies for ingress and egress and for overall port management, then you have to think about <clears throat> what pod traffic you're closing off, what pod traffic mm. you're opening. Because with an ingress controller, you're going to have multiple services pointing to one mm -hmm. load balancer, which means you're going to have multiple pods in various, perhaps different namespaces, which have different ingress and egress uh, configurations via network policies. So now you have to think about the overall network communication between it mm -hmm. all and how it's supposed to work. So yeah, yeah it's it, it, it definitely goes... Uh, Unfortunately, but fortunately, it does go very in-depth and it's very granular in terms of uh -huh. what you can configure. But that granularity is what, what keeps people up at night because there's just too much to configure, <laughs> which then, you know, brings you to the point of like, hey, you know, what should we be doing about this whole Kubernetes thing? And then so what everybody mm -hmm. keeps happening or what, what keeps happening is everybody keeps creating new tools and different ingress controllers and different this and different that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it causes even more confusion. You know, the, the, yeah. <laughs> the, it's, it's the kindness is there. The, the, the want to help to make things easier is there. Of course, that's why a lot of these mm -hmm. vendors exist in the first place to make things easier. But then when you combine it all and you throw it in one CNCF landscape tile pile, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it becomes incredibly confusing for a lot of people. <laughs> tile pile is great. I like, it makes me think of tire fire too. I just, I just made that related. up in my head just now. <laughs> <laughs> the ingress implementation tile pile. Um, <laughs> I have one more, one more thing I want to say about my learning journey to like, to try to wrap my head around ingress. And actually uh, I have an episode coming up in two weeks with Duffy Cooley, who's going to talk uh uh, just like Kubernetes networking at a high level, nice. and then I'm and I and then I'm going to get in dig in on service meshes pretty soon here on nice. my show. So, but I haven't I haven't messed with it yet. So what you're saying about service <laughs> meshes, like I'm like leaning forward yeah. and like like listening so hard, like oh, I'll tell me more. more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so so in my in my quest to understand the basics of ingress, um, so we have these three problems that we talked about. And different ingress implementations have different ways of addressing these problems. And so one way, the way that, so I um, I interviewed people from the three different CNCF projects that do ingress. And so the way that ingress nginx does it is with annotations. And it's a, it's a common way to add all that extra functionality with annotations. So it's in the native uh, ingress object, but there's just this unstructured data of annotations, just like, hey, by the way, also do this. And um, it can, it's like, as someone who's looking at it, it just looks like a big hairy mess. Like I, I can't, it's not very human readable. And then the way that's totally unstructured, there's the way 
one project might do it with another project is totally incompatible. The way one project might do it with itself since different people from the community are adding different functionality, they might not even be like uh, keeping up with a good standardization there. So it's just, it's it's a mess and it's hard to understand. And um, And I'm gonna go ahead and express an opinion and say, it's not a great way to do it. Uh, yeah. And then, so then the other way I'm seeing projects do it. So I also talked to Emissary Ingress and then Contour. Contour does both. Um, Contour supports the native object, but it also does the second strategy, which is just to create your whole own custom object that, uh, that you use instead of the Ingress object. So when when I talked to Emissary Ingress and she told me about this, the custom objects they make, I was my mind was blown. I was like, wait, you're an English implementation and you don't even use the Ingress object. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like what? That, that okay. tells a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's important, I think, to say that these Ingress implementations are just totally off in their own world, doing it their own way from scratch. Like they're completely incompatible with each other, making up their own abstractions, making up their own annotations, however they choose to do it. There's, um, it's chaos. It's and, madness. And then there, so, so the object that you're referring to, I believe is from the uh, named API group, because it's the object or API that's embedded in, in Kubernetes, right? So you have the core API group and the named API group, I'm pretty sure it's in the named API group. But to even extend that to your point, all of these other uh, uh, vendors and even the service uh-huh. mesh vendors, they're going to have their own objects for ingress related activities, mm-hmm. which is going to make things arguably worse because which one do you actually use? And what if you accidentally use both? Is, is, <laughs> yeah. there, is the compatibility there? And then, you know, it, it, as you were talking, I was thinking in my head about like all the annotations and stuff. Throw IPv6 on the mix. I just, I just got, I, oh, I just actually got off of a, yeah, I just got off of a consulting project that I was spinning up a Kubernetes environment, pretty much Greenfield, and uh, it was full-blown IPv6, which uh-huh. was a networking nightmare, Ooh. especially if you want to take a service, attach it to a specific load balancer, whatever cloud, depending on the cloud, but you have to then set up certain, for ingress and for your services, you have to set up certain annotations just for IPv6. So like mm-hmm. the, that, that's just like, that just extends the uh, issue pile. And then it also depends on which ones are compatible. Cause for example, there are a few service meshes that are not compatible with IPv6. And, or if they are compatible, it's a lot of duct tape to get it to work properly. Mm. Yeah. So. And I'm just, I'm just thinking how hard it is to migrate. Let's, let's say you want mm. to to switch to something else, to a different service mesh or to a different ingress controller. I mean, if you have, I have seen lots of annotations in a single <laughs> ingress object and uh, just thinking about migrating all of that, which some of it may not be compatible with the other option that you choose to migrate to, just figuring out all that and the time it would take is also makes it quite challenging in the long run and less flexible. Yeah. It's a mess, but (laughs) (laughs) 
the end show's over <laughs> that's a, we're gonna switch we, we from need to, we need to come with something positive here <laughs> not, no, not no. let our audience give up this, this conversation is making me miss vmware to be honest i miss my esxi oh my boxes i don't know I, <laughs> so so all of this gives great context to like for gateway api which you already brought up and why it's important like it's it's by no means a solution and like like the end all be all uh, because I've actually heard that we can expect more ing ingress implementations once the gateway API comes out. So it's going to be maybe more confusing on that front, but at least we're going to have a common vocabulary and common base and common resources that that we're working with. And then different implementations can extend those resources in a standardized way. So that's understanding the mess will helps you understand like why gateway API is important and why I think it's going to do really well when it GAs later this year. So, so we keep talking about gateway API and we're kind of assuming that people know what it is, which as a new learner, I'd hate when that happens. So I'd like to just back up and say, first of all, Again, we have confusing terminology because API gateway is not the same as gateway API. So API gateway is um, just uh, talking about how to get traffic from outside of a cluster to inside of a cluster. It has a lot in common with an ingress implementation um, and may have some extra fun functionality that makes it an API gateway. Okay, that's not what we're talking about, though. What we're talking about is gateway API, which is a way to model service networking in Kubernetes. And so specifically, it does that by introducing custom resource objects um, that can then be extended by different implementations. So Gateway API itself is not an implementation. It is a standardization. And, um, and then you need an implementation. So um, and that implementation can be the form of service mesh. It could be the form of English controllers. It could take the form of load balancers. Uh, that's what I have to say about that. What do you have to add about the definition of gateway API? Yeah, it sums it up for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I mean, it totally makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah, I uh, I I was just looking for not that long time ago. I was uh, jumped over an issue that someone created in GitHub for AKS mm -hmm. because they were also wondering like why do we why isn't Gateway API supported in AKS? And there was also pretty much the same description that you provided with me that this is this is just a standardization uh -huh. which will which provides you a standard way to implement this and then the implementation is different so like what mm -hmm. are you actually looking for yep. <laughs> in terms of that managed kubernetes service so uh, i think that is good to clarify that concept uh, <laughs> as well yeah i would say yeah. maybe uh, everybody can kind of think about it as it i i don't believe it's a specific plugin you can kind of think about it like the plugin model like what does cri do for us what is um mm -hmm. uh you know like what what is with csi all of it what does it do it yeah, provides us a telemetry. standard yeah, yeah like it provides mm -hmm. us yeah. that standard for a certain way of implementing and that's you know exactly what you're referring to um i wish that they would try to just make the names kind of be in the <laughs> same category but I, don't know. <laughs> I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a lot of good. Let's focus on the good. <laughs> so, so Gateway API tries to solve the problems. So uh, like 
it's more expressive than native Kubernetes objects. So there's a lot more um, different ways you can root and different kinds of load balancing and things you can do out of the box with the standardization. Um, it's uh, extensible, like I already mentioned. So if if when implementations want to add their own way, their own uh, functionality on top of what Gateway API offers, there's a standardized way to do that, which is going to help. Uh, to your point, Christina, it's going to help avoid that vendor lock-in that <laughs> that happens when with the current way things are. Um, it's also, so I guess like, so it's meant to be portable. So you're meant to be able to move around between implementations. And then it also does the thing where it separates concerns between different personas. And really, I mentioned two personas before, but Gateway API um, has three personas in mind. There's a There's an infrastructure admin per persona a cluster admin persona, and then a developer persona that all have their own custom resource objects that they're meant to work with. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So when is this, when is this supposed to be more or less GA? Is there any type of date available at the moment? There is, there is? but I don't know it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's later this year. Soon. <laughs> I'm pretty it's, sure it's, it's later this it's year. It's coming at some exactly. point between now and 2045. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in our life. I mean, I mean, if we think about ingress, it took it quite a few years to get to the to the GA. So, uh, and that's the re the reason for this is because there are. It's not only only. So it's quite it's quite a crucial. Uh, central object uh, when it comes to Kubernetes and I guess gateway, gateway APIs as well. So yeah, they are probably I, yeah, I'm one of the ensuring that of, it's ready. <laughs> I'm one of the hosts of Cloud Native Live and we just had Rob Scott on talking about uh, Gateway API too. And he said there are over 150 contributors to Gateway API, that it's wow. like the That's most cool. collaborative API in the Kubernetes ecosystem, he said. Wow. Which I think nice. is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Show so there the are a problems. lot of companies participating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's super cool. I love when community cool. comes together and, and, and companies can set aside their differences and, and make something that's good for everybody. It's just the best. It makes me love open source. Oh, yeah. We definitely live in a very Absolutely. cool world right now where like you look at like the lead maintainer list and like some people are from Red Hat, some people are from Microsoft, mm -hmm. some people are from Google. And it's like, you, you kind of see everybody working together more or less, which I arguably this is kind of like the first time in tech history where that's been a thing the past mm -hmm. couple of years, which is really, really cool. It is cool. So, I mean, uh, sorry, Christina, go ahead. No, no, no worries. Uh, no worries. I just, I, I wanted just to quickly add up to that, that I think that the, also the open source source world we're living in, like for developers, it provides an amazing opportunity to like, you get so many awesome projects and diverse projects to start contributing to. Yeah. And it's not, it's not that, that's, I feel it's uh, the, 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 oh, sorry, I forgot the English word. Sorry, editor. Um, the, the border, the border is so low to you to kind of start, just start mm -hmm. learning from others who, from other experienced developers, which can be an amazing opportunity to also not only get your skills uh, further developed, but also to contribute to something that is adopted by so many out there. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I find it truly amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
I love that there are different ways to contribute to that yes. outside of just writing code also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's awesome that it's, uh, you know, more or less a pretty straightforward like application process to kind of get into some of these projects. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like for example, I, well, I guess by the time this comes out, it'll technically be, I was on the Kubernetes version 1.28 release team. And, you know, but right now, like we just kind of wrapped up a few days ago and, you know, it was really just as simple as like, oh, I saw something pop up in the Kubernetes Slack channel. You can apply for it if you'd like. I applied, got in. And, you know, that's awesome, right? Because that gives me an opportunity to contribute and to enjoy everybody's company and learn from others and, and all that other fun stuff that comes with the community piece. Uh, and it's it's not something that you need to, you know, have a PhD for, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you could still learn and still collaborate with people, which is awesome. My degree's in fine arts. I yeah. was a professional photographer before I changed into tech. There you go. That's awesome. And I also, yeah. oh, thank you. I also <laughs> love that, like, our friend group is global now, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that's the best. Yeah. It's always interesting, like running yeah. into people. I was just at the AWS summit and I was just like running into people from the community and stuff and, you know, people coming up and saying hello. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, yeah, you and, mm-hmm. and funny enough, like my two closest friends like in, in real life are, <laughs> I met them through like the tech community. Like that's how yeah, we awesome. met, which is crazy. Right. So it's like, you know, even, you know, you, you never know like what can come out of meeting people, you know, from all over the world and, you know, doing the things that you love doing, which is great. Totally. So lucky. So yeah. lucky to be here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So with that, uh, thinking about wrapping up here, Christina, you have anything else that you'd like to ask or, or Whitney, anything else you'd like to add or anything like that? Yeah, for wrapping up, I can maybe just ask Whitney if we can, for example, help audience just to finalize it in this way. If I would like to start approaching understanding this topic (laughs) without totally stressing out, getting a panic attack and running as far as I can out of here. How would you recommend I can start as a beginner? What would be the, the, uh, the way for me to learn about ingress and gateway API that is less painful? (laughs) Um, Gateway API, I think, has some pretty good documentation, especially for being a young project. In terms of understanding Ingress, because it's so vast, you almost need to understand your own use case first and then look at, um, I mentioned that huge spreadsheet, maybe you can link to it on your page, that that compares all the different Ingress implementations to each other. But first... Mm. um, First, understand what you want to do and then look back at all the implementations and see what most closely matches the functionality that you're working, that you're looking for. But as a beginner, I mean, I think the important thing is just knowing what you don't know. That was the hardest thing to figure out. And and where's that documentation? All the stuff that's not in here. (laughs) And uh, I think we did a pretty good job during this episode of talking about all the things we don't know, all the things I don't know. And, um, And I'm actually working on a blog post that I'm about all the things I don't know about Ingress that I'm hoping to post on the CNCF blog. As an ambassador, I think they'll let me do that, but... (laughs) <laughs> we'll find out because it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a great answer though for, for 
how to get ingress explained do you have an well, idea? I guess uh, I guess that's uh, as as we talked about for the most part of this episode is that it's pretty complicated and vast. Mm-hmm. And I think just getting some recommendations from others who have been on this journey is maybe helpful for others to spare some time or experience less confusion. So I think so- just knowing about that episode where you may be done it totally as a beginner mm-hmm. uh, I think that could be really interesting for some or taking at the visual mm-hmm. representation taking a look of those comparisons I think that would be a great addition uh, for others to the official if, documentation as well yeah if you want to follow my learning journey you can go to I host a show called enlightening it's a pun off of the the static electricity that comes from the sky with clouds so it's spelled like a pun en and then the word lightning but um, if you go there, like I do episodes with Emissary Ingress, with Contour, and with uh, Ingress Nginx as a, and also Gateway API. They're long episodes because it takes a long time to get it through this head. No, but um, you can you can forward to the end. I'll do a recap at the very end of every episode. So that's how I recommend to consume it quickly. And, um, and that, or... Even if you just skip my episodes and look at the documentation for those three projects, those three CNCF Ingress implementations, they're good representations of the different approaches that different projects take to trying to solve the problem of um, the Ingress object not being the native Kubernetes Ingress object not being having all the functionality that folks need. Makes so, sense. I, in terms of understanding the problem, either visiting the documentation of those three particular projects, it's a good sampling or, um, or visiting the, and if you want to follow my journey, <laughs> I don't know why you would, but if you want to, those shows are out there too. <laughs> awesome. You can watch me in real time, wrap my head around all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then w- one thing that I'll add there as well, uh, there's this one piece of documentation that I like. It's, I forget the exact link. We'll have to find the link, but uh, it's AKS documentation around uh, deploying your first uh, 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 ingress with uh, Nginx ingress on AKS. So it gives you like this like sample AKS demo app to use, but you don't have to use it on AKS. It works on EKS, Cheeky, all of them. Uh, and it's just very, it's a very simple code base that shows you like, Here's your service that you deployed. Here's the port that it's on. It's going to this path, you know, slash whatever. And then you can, you know, deploy it and then just kind of see how it works at a high level. Um, that's at least the way my brain works. You know, I like, I need to like write the code and see the code and run the code Absolutely. for it to mm-hmm. make sense up here. So, yeah. I will, I'll say one more thing yeah. about what you just said, which is, which brings this whole thing full circle. When you say Ingress, uh, Nginx, Ingress implementation, there are two. There's there's Ingress Nginx, which is maintained by the Kubernetes project, and then there's an Ingress, an Nginx, Nginx Inc. Ingress implementation. So um, I don't know which one you meant, but of course not it's sure. not easy. I, I think it's, it's <laughs> okay. one, yeah. It's, I, I know for sure that it's one or the other on the documentation. <laughs> that I know. <laughs> Great job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to underscore that, like literally everything you touch is confusing in this space. Um, so when you're confused, feel great about it. You're you're right where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's that's how I think we all feel every day. So there you go. 
<laughs> All right. Just confused about something new today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Whitney, wrapping up here, I'd like to give you an opportunity to plug anything you like. You mentioned your podcast, uh, any blogging that you do, where people can find you, all that fun stuff. Um, I So I talked about Enlightening. I ha- host another show uh, called You Choose with Victor Farsik on his DevOps Toolkit YouTube channel. And for that one, we um, we take an application, an anthropomorphized application on a journey, a choose your own adventure through the CNCF landscape. So for every, so we are, our application started as the source code on a developer's laptop. And for every system design choice, we bring in every CNCF project that does that thing. Mm. So our first episode was about building a container image, for example. And then we had, um, we had Lima, which actually uses container D under the hood. And then we had cloud native build packs and we had, oh, K build, Carvel K build. So projects, people from each of those, and then they give five minute presentation and then everyone votes for which one they want to see implemented in our ongoing demo. And, um, and that's really fun. So we've, we finished chapter one where we got our application from the laptop through to a development environment and all the, the systems design choices, like registry, how to write configuration, like how to add a backing service, uh, how to like develop natively in a Kubernetes cluster technology. So episodes around all of those things, uh, cert manager. Um, and now we're in chapter two. And from chapter two, we're getting our application from that development environment where we left it through to a production environment. So last week we did an episode, two weeks ago we did cluster provisioning. Last week we did GitOps. And then next week, next Tuesday, we're doing, oh, I guess this, I don't know when this goes live. Maybe you missed it, but uh, next for me, next Tuesday, we're doing an Ingress episode. So we're going to have those three Ingress projects. That's why I talked about them on the lightning. So I'd be prepared for this show. <laughs> we'll have a guest from each of those three projects on. They get five minutes to present about their project and, um, and then we'll vote and it's going to be super fun. Awesome. That's, that's yeah. cool. cool. Check awesome. out you choose on the DevOps toolkit, YouTube channel. Cool. Well, thank you so much for Whitney for coming on. Really appreciate it. Christina, as always, thank you so much for being on here as well and, and helping me out here. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And thanks, everyone.